as mentors, I feel like I've learned a lot. I think to communicate the things that we kind of just do on a daily basis and break it down so that it's teachable. And, and it's, it's just really cool to see mentees have these aha moments. It's just such a cool like moment. Welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Ozalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamoto-Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guests this week are Tristan Cabral and Jim Mortensen. Tristan is a Filipino-American storyboard revisionist and admin for Story for All. And Jim is a supervising producer, also at Nickelodeon and the founder for Story for All. Uh, would you mind telling us a bit more about yourselves? Yeah, so I'm Tristan Cabral. I'm a revisionist on Big Nate. I've been on it for about two years now, and I'm a mid-career switch. I was doing consulting beforehand for eight years, and now I'm in animation. That's awesome. I'm Jim Mortensen. I'm supervising producer at Nickelodeon on Big Nate. Um, like Tristan, I did a career swap. I started as an electrical engineer, decided it was not quite for me. And uh, then left school, uh, lived at home with my parents for a couple of years while applying to art schools, and then finally got into an art school and made it into animation eventually. That's awesome. That's cool. Two career switches. I'm glad that like, you that. guys felt, both felt like it's not too late to like enter animation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel that way at first, where I was like, <laughs> you know, the only 30-year-old as a freshman in a college. Oh boy, these kids and their kids were way better than me. It was really nerve wracking. Oh, yeah, I felt I felt that my first class. Oh yeah. So it was scary. You you guys are here now. Yeah. It all worked out. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more about your guys' like story and uh, story mm-hmm. for all. But before we do that, the way we like to start off on straight ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you guys two similar choices, and then you have to choose in between the two of them, uh, and then let us know why. Cool. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. I'll start us off with the first question. Would you rather have an Ultra Lord action figure from Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, or a Crimson Chin action figure from uh, the Fairly Odd Parents? I would go Crimson Chin. Yeah? <laughs> Crimson yeah, Chin let's over Ultra go. Lord? <laughs> yeah, I, I, my favorite toy as a kid was this Power Ranger, and I like played with that thing till its arms fell off. So, <laughs> <laughs> really, nice. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. So the Crimson Chin reminds you more of your Power Ranger over Ultra Lord. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, how, how about you, Jim? That's a tougher one for me. I don't know. My answer is something stupid. Like I would probably take the Crimson Chin action figure. And then painted to look like Jay Leno, just for the gag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, funny. that's immediately where my brain goes. Like, <laughs> that's really good. I, I would go with Ultra Lord. I really? Think, like, it reminds me of Buzz Lightyear, and I loved oh, my okay. Buzz Lightyear as a kid. Uh, but also, like, it, it was funny because, like, I think Ultra Lord was meant to be like also a Japanese toy. Oh, I mm. think. Um, I think in the original conceptions, I think she was actually meant to be an Asian character that had like a super Sentai like like fanatic like that was oh. like kind of what the Ultra Lord was but then they swapped him out to be Hispanic but they kept the super Sentai like the toy fanatic part of his character. Uh. 
Uh huh. Interesting. Yeah. At least that's what I remember hearing. I don't know if any of that's true. I just <laughs> that's remember hearing that. <laughs> that's the urban myth. Yeah. I I realized I messed up too because I had no idea what Ultra Lord actually looks like. I'm because I've never watched Jimmy Neutron, but then I'm. I'm looking at the character design. I'm like, oh, it's full purple. I should have said that. Perfect. Yeah. No, no, it's <laughs> the original is purple. But he has many different colors. I think he has like a pink one. He has like all the different variations. Oh, like there's like I a see. there's like a baby blue one. It's like it's so he's they can like sell a big all fan. the toys of different colors. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. He he fell into that. He fell into that for sure. What what about you, Yuki? Awesome. Ultra Lord or Crimson oh, Chin? I mean, I would also go for the Crimson Chin. I just think it's so yeah? funny. I I think it's so funny. Like the whole concept of crimson chin and like he fights the bronze kneecap and all these like body parts like it's so stupid <laughs> i love it <laughs> it's really funny fair, fair, fair. all right all right awesome last question would you rather be mob from mob psycho 100 or saitama from one punch man oh oh that one's easy for me but i'm interested oh. in tristan's it's very easy for me. <laughs> Oh, that's so hard. Tristan I think looks he's like frozen. He's <laughs> you go first. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm going with Mob. Uh, okay. Because, all right. so, like, Saitama is an amazing character, has an amazing heart to him, and it, it's fantastic that he always that he always wins out in the end, etc. Mm-hmm. But part of the thing that I admire in people and part of the qualities that I want to embody, mm. a big part of that is empathy. And I think Mob has such an incredible empathy just for the mm. world in general and for other people and for making sure that that everybody around him feels good. And that's like his modus operandi. And that's something that like I've always wanted to embody. And mm-hmm. I think he's he's perfect in that way. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's a sweet answer. So I'm sorry, going for the answer. for the moving answer first, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I would also do mob simply because I think Saitama is just bored. Like he's just like <laughs> so bored ugh, with life. Like I'm so powerful. Like I like he's just kind of he's bored. He's not boring. He's just he's bored to me. <laughs> he wants the next fight and he can't get it. And so mm. and I just mm-hmm. really enjoy mob's powers a lot more. I'm mm-hmm. simple. I'm a simple-minded man. <laughs> See, the the answer for me is also pretty simple and straightforward. Is I would choose Mob because he has hair still. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like my hair. Uh, I don't uh-huh. know if I would want to be be bald, even though I'd be super powerful. Mob is still pretty OP, and he still has all his hair. It's like a bowl cut, but I feel like I I, I could have the option to style it. And change it up a bit. I don't know. I had a bowl cut all childhood up until maybe I was like 11. And it was rough. It was rough. rough. Same buddy. Same buddy. I like the idea is that you couldn't change. And I had spiky hair for like five years. All that gel. I had had spiky hair. Mm. Yeah. Only because like I love Dragon Ball Z and like I wanted a spiky hair. Yes. What, what about you, Yuki? I'm going to go with Saitama. Yeah. I, uh, yeah I mean, <laughs> okay. I, yes. Everything that you guys said, correct, true. Mob is adorable and uh, so great. And the lessons in Mob is like a little bit more at the center of like having to control your emotions. All these mm-hmm. adults who like have too much power and they abuse their power and blah, blah, blah. 
I just like Saitama. I think it's funny. He punched good. That's it. That's the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think uh, losing your hair is fine. I think it's just like I feel like maybe I would have a better time because I just have more hobbies than <laughs> Saitama. Like he like you know he does his training and then he like sits at home and he's like plays video games and then he's like I'm waiting for the next big fight. But I'm like I mean if I was in between like cool big fights. I'll I'll do some drawing. I'll do some art or something. <laughs> yeah, I at least have other that's stuff fair. to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, he needs to pick up a hobby. Dude, he needs <laughs> he needs more hobbies. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much to both of you for playing in between with us. Yeah. And if this is your first time tuning in, please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Straight Ahead AP, or to stay up to date whenever we upload a new episode. You can also follow myself at Radio Silence on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Chewdles, both on Twitter and Instagram as well. All right, without further ado, uh, I also want to say thanks again to both Tristan and Jim for being on the podcast. Really appreciate both of your times. Yeah, thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, for thank sure. Yeah. Yeah, for August this month, we're doing the special little thing where we're bringing on organizations that help the BIPOC community. And we're glad that we are able to talk to them and hopefully shine a spotlight on fun or insightful, helpful organizations that can help you in your career to trying to break into the industry. But before we dive into Story for All, could you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and your experience in animation? Uh, Jim, can we start with you? Sure, yeah. Um, kind of as I said before, you know, I was on path to become an electrical engineer. I was working co-op jobs and whatnot while going into school um, oh. and decided that it, it wasn't the thing that I, that I wanted to do. So I made a huge career change, um, left, left engineering school, left the job at the time, saved a bunch of money, lived with my parents for a couple of years while uh, taking classes at SVA and getting my associate to the local community college. And uh, yeah, eventually got into SVA, went to school for there for four years and then came out to Los Angeles in 2005 and was like, hey, Pixar, hire me. I'm awesome. Um, <laughs> two problems with that number one i was not to the level of being hireable uh as far as my skills as far as my boards and two i didn't know that pixar was in emeryville and not los angeles so uh kind of do your research um but yeah kicked around small companies for a number of years was working apple retail was working a couple of other gigs and then was constantly taking storyboard tests was constantly trying to get better was constantly taking classes you know Mm -hmm. and in 2010 uh, got my first opportunity at Nickelodeon to storyboard for Robot and Monster. A dude named Jim Schumann hired me, and you know I owe him a lot for that. And ever since then, it's been a it's been a really fun ride. You know, I went from was boarding for a number of years, and then went to board, write, and direct uh, at DreamWorks for a little bit, and then uh, went into supervising, and now I'm supervising producer. That's awesome! That's amazing! Yeah, what a wonderful journey! It's been fun. It's really, really cool. Been a good time. Yeah. I want to hear from Tristan. Yeah, like just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your experience in animation. Yeah, so um, like I said, I recently switched into animation. I was a consultant for eight years, primarily working with organizations and companies to help them work out their hiring practices, specifically for hiring BIPOC employees. Mm-hmm. Did that for a while. I primarily did it to travel because I got to travel a lot. And so it was it was really fun. And then um, life stuff happened. I feel like I just needed a, a change of pace. 
And then so uh, 2020, I took my first storyboarding class, really fell in love with it. Mm. And then the pandemic hit and I was just really hungry to learn how to storyboard. And so I put together all of these like groups to help me learn. And then that's how I met Jim via Twitter. Um, He started mentoring me August, I think, of 2020. And then in March was when I got my first gig. 2021 and i've been on the same show ever since with jim wow congrats awesome. yeah yeah it's been really fun i love i love this job way more than my other one <laughs> <laughs> i do That's miss great. traveling i do miss traveling but yeah on, on, on company fair. dime <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's better when you're not paying for it <laughs> yeah i am curious because like both of you guys made a, a career shift that's like a really big decision to make uh, for anyone, mm-hmm. like e- mm-hmm. going into animation, coming out of animation, like, was that just like uh, you guys needed a change and you decided to go for it? Like, what were you thinking at the time? For me, it was, I don't know, you want to have the positive answer of like, yeah, you know what? I was an electrical engineer, but I've always, always had this dream of drawing. I've always <laughs> like drawn on the side and I've always wanted to do it. And you want to like position it as this, this positive thing that you were thinking of for your life. Like, I want to step towards something that's great. But You know, I was doing SQL programming for or SQL programming for a small company. And like I was crying at work. I was like, what am I doing here? This is this is not what I want to do, you know, and I was Mm -hmm. confused and emotional. And uh, it took a while to like sort through those feelings and realize like, you know, what I've always wanted to be creative, but never quite had the confidence to take Mm -hmm. that route and it was a lot of like talking to my parents and talking to friends and talking it out and be like no animation is something that i've always loved i've always watched animated films that i've always kind of drawn um Mm -hmm. so honestly it was a bit of a i'm gonna throw a dart and hit this target and hope that this is right and it was it feels like it was i'm and i'm Mm -hmm. super super happy and thankful to to be here and to be like way happier than I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like engineering too is like you, you go to school for a very long time. It feels like a, a big investment that you're kind of like shifting towards like a new career. So Yeah. That was part of wow. it. It felt like, oh man, I'm mm-hmm. gonna be doing this. I'm gonna be doing this for twenty years, for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Let me take a moment and really evaluate if this is mm-hmm. what I wanna do. Cause I had just kind of fallen into technology and fallen into electrical engineering and fallen mm-hmm. into that that career path without really like taking emotional stock and being like, no, wait, what do I want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how was that, that moment for you, Tristan? For me, it's kind of the opposite. It, I, I kind of fell into it. The reason why I actually ended up taking that storyboarding class was because of a year before my brother passed away and I just needed, I needed something mm. that was restorative and I've always drawn ever since I was a kid. Part of my story is I, I immigrated here with my family when I was nine. And drawing was what kept me happy. It was my escape. It was my like sense of like control because mm-hmm. everything is was uncontrollable or decided for me. And so drawing was my way to connect with my brother who was trying to figure out this new land with me. It was my way of trying to figure out my own stuff. And then so when my brother passed away, it was kind of like me going back to a kid of like, I nothing makes sense. 
I need to just go back to restoring and, and figuring stuff out. And I went to drawing and I just this aha moment of like, I've never thought of animation. My parents being the somewhat classic, stereotypical Asian immigrant mm-hmm. family, they're like, you shall become a doctor or whatever, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I've already failed them once. And then so the second career does not help. But um, but <laughs> it was the right choice. And so when I found it, I kind of clung on to it. And I mm-hmm. not forced it to happen, but I was like, I will do anything to do this. So and I did. I worked my ass off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's amazing. Mm hmm. No, you guys both had such wonderful journeys, and I'm glad that you guys are here in this space now. Yeah, same. I'm thankful yeah. that, that, you know, that the animation community has me and lets me continue to do this on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then to kind of dive deeper into what you guys do, for an audience who may not be familiar, what is Story for All? At its core, it's a volunteer-run program where industry professionals offer one-to-one storyboard mentorships for BIPOC artists. Mm -hmm. And it was just a thing that we started doing a couple of years ago. And we put a call out on Twitter. It was like, hey, we're, I I had been mentoring three young BIPOC artists at that time, Tristan being one of them, you know, Tyler Washington, another, and and Palan Chaitas, another. I had been mentoring them for about a year and it was going great. I was having a blast. They were, they seemed to be having fun. I mean, Tristan may say otherwise that like, just say, <laughs> that guy. Um, but we had a blast for a year. And then after a year, I was like, hey, I wonder if anyone else is interested in, in doing this kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I put a call out on Twitter and a bunch of mentors responded. A bunch of people that were professionals in the animation industry, like a couple of people from India, a bunch of people from Canada, one from France. Mm-hmm. were like, hey, we're, wow. we're interested. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, we're interested in, in doing this too. What, mm-hmm. how does this work? What's the program like? And I had to be like, uh, here's how the program works and here's what we're going to do. You know? <laughs> like completely making it up as as we're going along, but just kind of thinking about it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it just kept rolling. And we've been doing it for four years now. We've had four years of mentorships. And yeah, it's, it's basically just one to one mentorship with a with a storyboard artist that's actually working uh, in the industry and a young artist from a background that hasn't necessarily had access to traditional education, hasn't had access to, uh, you know, big art schools or, you know, didn't mm-hmm. have the resources for that. We're trying to offer resources and hope to artists that may not have had that in their lives. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a blast so far. That's yeah, wonderful. That's incredible. Yeah, that's great. And then Tristan, how did you get involved? And if you can remind our audience, like what your role is within Story for All as well. Yeah. So um, how I got involved, I was... Um, maybe five or six months in learning how to storyboard. And um, I just saw on Twitter, Jim post this like, hey, I want to mentor people. And so I applied. I remember going through the interview process and then he was like, you're one of them. And then so <laughs> that's how I got started. So I was a, I was um, one of the first mentees. And I mean, it was it was exactly what I needed at that moment. And then so when I um, broke in, one of the things that I thought was fascinating, um, having worked in different in, in a different industry and consulting mm-hmm. in multiple different industries, there is a lot of like mentorship opportunities that are out there in other industries, mm-hmm. but there mm-hmm. wasn't really one that I found in animation that was easily accessible. If not, or the type of things that we offer are portfolio reviews, which is just like a one-off. Like 
I see, I sit down with you for one time and then that's it. Mm. And so I thought that was really yeah. fascinating. And when Jim did this six month thing with me, I was like, we got to do this. We got to invite more people into this. Mm-hmm. And then so I think that's why I joined and really wanted to help prop it up because I mean, the reality is it's it really is based off of mentor participation. How many mentees we get is based off of how many mentors we have. And so creating mm-hmm. a structure to to find mentors is it made so much sense to me. I was like, it is a lot of work, but also at the end of the day, there's so much you gain so much from from propping up a few mentors. A whole ton of mentees will then get uh, to be mentored. And so it just made sense to me. So that's why I joined and have stayed. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting that like, I mean, no, no industry is perfect, obviously. Right. But mm-hmm. Like you noticed that in our industry specifically, it was like, where, where is this resource that everybody else seems to have a grasp over, like structurally within the community and stuff? Mm. That's really interesting to me. I don't know how to explain why we don't have something like that, considering that like yeah. this line of work specifically is almost, it's almost like a trade, right? Like you can teach other people how to do yeah. it. Yeah, that, that's how I saw it is almost like an apprenticeship. Yeah. Like I think of like a smith, you would have an apprentice. Like it's so mm-hmm. specific, mm-hmm. but we don't, there isn't a lot of apprenticeships that are free or like low cost or like easily yeah. accessible. So that was really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the things I also kind of want to ask, Jim, could you tell us like, you t- and you touched on it a bit, but can you tell us what inspired you specifically to create Story for All and why you decided to mainly, you know, hone in on trying to create this uh, resource or this mentorship for the BIPOC community. Sure. So I have this 20 year master plan for story for all right when I started. (laughs) Um, No, honestly, like like just a lot of things, you know, uh, stupid Myers-Briggs, but, uh, you know, I'm an INFP feeling perceiving. It started with a feeling like when when Mm -hmm. BLM started happening in the summer of 2020 um, and I guess later spring, too. I just had that feeling of wanting to help just whatever way that I could. And, you know, some of that is donating money. Some of that is like contributing to various organizations and whatnot. But there was that feeling of like, Mm -hmm. I I just personally wanted to do something to help in a way that could be specific for, for me in a way that kind of only I or other, other people in this industry can, can do. Yeah. And it just it just came from that feeling of like, OK, well, screw it. I, w- I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to mentor three, three artists. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of spiraled from there. So it started, you know, it just started as as a feeling and wanting to do something. And then it continued to snowball from there. And, you know, I think Tristan's been a huge part of that, too, like helping to mm-hmm. coordinate everything and helping to to build this program. And we have no idea what the heck it's becoming. Like, we have no idea what this is doing. Like, mm-hmm. just a bunch mm-hmm. of just a bunch of people just a bunch of people like doing one-to-one mentorship. But mm-hmm. what personally inspired it at the beginning was just that feeling. And what's kept it going is dudes like Tristan and dudes like Tyler and dudes like, you know, dudes like Claire that are on board with this and just keeping the snowball rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I think one of the mentors you have, correct me if I'm wrong, but Juan Luis Bravo as well. Yeah. 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 He's great. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Um, previous uh, podcast guest. Uh, we love Juan Luis. Sweet. Super cool guy. Yeah. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. The next thing, I guess, on that is like you're mentioning kind of like the one on one mentorship. Can you kind of further kind of elaborate, like how long is usually the mentorship process between mentor and mentee? 
do you guys kind of give like kind of a guide to each mentor like hey these are like, the kind of things you should try to teach them or this is the kind of things assignments you should give or is it on the discretion of the mentor to kind of decide how they want to structure teaching the mentee part of the magic of our program is that it is driven by each mentor mentee relationship and so mm-hmm. we're not a prescriptive program we're not like here's a curriculum do these drawing exercises for the first couple of months do do that yeah it's very much about what the chemistry between the mentor and the mentee is, where the mentor is at and what the mentee is, is at as far as their skill levels. Mm-hmm. The only real guidelines that we say are for long-term mentors, at least a six-month commitment and meet with your mentee uh, over Zoom or even in person for one hour every three weeks. And mm-hmm. that is the only structure really that we that we kind of ask for everything else. However, you want to teach your your however you want to work with your mentee, however you want to uh, organize that relationship. That's all up to the mentor. We're just a straight up passion driven program and mm-hmm. having people having the mentors do exercises or help the mentee in the way that they best can is mm-hmm. all that we want to facilitate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys just kind of like pair up the mentor mentees and then you're like, all right, see you later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or do you like, want to talk a little bit about that, Tristan, about how crazy <laughs> that process is? Yeah. So, um, the, uh, yeah, kind of the un- undercurrent of SFA is, and we, Jim and I talked about the kind of the mentor experience <laughs> and how important it is for, for the mentors to have the freedom, but also if they need guides, like we are there to, to guide them. Ultimately, mm-hmm. it depends on what the mentor needs, wants, and is capable of. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them are like, oh, I could only do six months because I know that I'm going to pick up this crazier gig later on. Mm-hmm. And then so it is it is truly based off of what the mentor can do. And I think then that allows them to dream of what they can make the mentorship to become alongside with the mentee. Obviously, we're going to want to figure out with the mentee what their needs are. Mm-hmm. But I think each mentor, we want to give the mentor the freedom to look at. And this is this is the great thing about, um, and Jim, I'd love for you to touch on the leadership development side of what we want to do. We kind of make the mentors look at what do you know? What are you good at? Um, what are the mm-hmm. things that, what cards do you hold? And pass those things off instead of like making everyone pass off a set of number of cards that maybe they don't hold or they're not as comfortable with. Right. And so yeah. I think that's really that's really helpful for um, at least the vibe of our mentorship program. It is very different per relationship. It is very relationship based. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's it's all, it's extremely weird because like we have, so as far as structure, like we, and this is, we're going into the fourth year. So we've kind of, kind of settled into the rhythm, but we, we hold these huge group interviews. We, we call, call for mentors. We have a call for mentors like early summer and people, people volunteer and we put in a spreadsheet and then we have a call for mentees and people apply with a, you know, a short bio about themselves or portfolio about their work and then a recommendation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think this year we got like 200 applications, which is pretty darn cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we, I mean, and Tristan, uh, Tristan and I and uh, Kim Mills do is help, actually helping us out this year, mm-hmm. go through the applications and read them and start looking like, OK, who who are we interested in meeting? Who are who seems passionate about the industry? Who seems passionate about the work? Who 
has a really cool story. Who's really like plugging along and doing it. And we kind of, we kind of sort that. Uh, and then we hold this huge group interview process, which is absolutely terrifying for the mentees. Like mm-hmm. yeah. we have, yeah, the mentees, the mentees mm-hmm. come in or you sign up for like a 15 minute slot and the mentees come into the zoom room and are immediately greeted with this wall of mentors with like 20 <laughs> mentors right there in the zoom call. And you can see it in their eyes. Like, Oh God, you know, mm-hmm. what the heck, you know, these are people that are working in the industry. And it's our job in those interviews to immediately diffuse any tension to be like, look, we are on your side. Like we're here. Let's have fun with this interview. Mm-hmm. And that's also a great chance to for the mentors to meet the mentees, uh, potential mentees to see what the chemistry is like, to see, you know, if they're interested in doing the same thing. Like if somebody said uh, there was a mentee that comes in and like, yeah, I really want to work and work on Avatar. I'd be like, mm-hmm. well, I can't help you because I know jack about action boarding. Like I right. only know, like I know comedy, but if somebody's like, yeah, I really want to work on Craig of the Creek or a show like Fairly Odd Parents, like, boom, OK, I can help you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so after we do these all these interviews, we have we meet together as mentors and decide like, hey, who had chemistry with whom, who is interested in working with whom. And then we just pair off and um, off to the races for the next six months. We have. So uh, like, again, the mentor kind of reaches out to the mentee, says, hey, we're going to be working together. Hope that's cool. And then start developing that relationship together. Mm -hmm. And we have various touch points to see how everybody's doing. We have a discord. We have uh, bi-monthly meetings as well to touch base so that all the mentors or all mentor meetings so that mentors can touch base. Mm -hmm. So we have group resources like that. And we have, you know, Mm -hmm. an email list and whatnot. But for the most part, yeah, mentor, mentee establish that relationship and they're off to the races. And it's it's weird because so much of what happens in this program is invisible work. Like there's not mm-hmm. yeah. like you don't hear a lot about it, but that's where the work is done in those one to one meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for instance, like there have been a couple of mentors that like did not post in the discord or haven't been to all any of the all mentor meetings. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, I mm-hmm. hope they're having a good time. I hope they're enjoying what their mentees, you know. And then like at the one year mark, we reach out for new mentors and the mentor's like, yeah, I've been having a blast. This is great. Like, I've been having a blast with the mentee. Sorry, I haven't been in any of the meetings or haven't, sorry, I haven't been on Discord. But yeah, I've been meeting like every two weeks with them. Here are these storyboards. And I'm like, whoa, oh, wow. okay. Yeah. Like, this was completely invisible work. And yeah, it's really, really surprising. Um, mm-hmm. But that's also part of the magic of it is it's so personal and so uh, custom to what the mentor can do and what the mentee can do and how they want to establish that relationship that it keeps it passion based and it keeps it, I think fun for everybody. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's great. Is there anything else you want to add upon that Tristan? Um, the only thing that I'll add is kind of like what Jim said. Um, it is really fun to, to see mentors continue to work with, with their mentee. Cause we are not hearing about it past the six month. What will really, we'll ask the mentors, would you like to continue going on with your mentees? If not, here, how can we set you up to have that conversation that you're going to end that mm-hmm. mentorship or whatever? Um, mm-hmm. We're always going to be like present. And I think most of us, if not all of us, would still continue to give feedback here and there, but it, we're just not like leading it in that official role. But I think it's really mm-hmm. fun when, when someone, when, like, I have a friend who, who um, was part of the mentorship last year, mm-hmm. last session, and he's still meeting with his mentee. And I'm like, I didn't even know. And he's like having a blast, like Jim said. And so it is really yeah. cool to see those continue and actually become relationships because I, I think that is the, the main difference that we're trying to 
create is that now you have this like stronger bond with someone mm-hmm. past a review. Yeah. And yeah. so you know that you know the the mentor mentee story. Um mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that 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 to me is really cool. Yeah. I think that's really important, like, uh, Mm -hmm. to feel like you have a mentor or somebody experienced you can kind of lean on because I know for a lot of people that can be like a teacher like they had in school. But like, you know, teachers, they they have like 80 kids every semester, like 100 kids every semester, like as much as they I'm sure want to care about you. It's like, you know, they don't always have the bandwidth or, you know, the time and they're thinking about other students, too. So that's really important to have that like one on one sort of Mm -hmm. quality time. That's awesome super awesome yeah and what's really cool is like as mentors i feel like i've learned a lot about i I shouldn't say what it means to be a storyboard artist but i think to communicate the things that we kind of just do on a daily basis and Mm -hmm. have and break it down so that it's teachable and and it's it's just really cool to see mentees have these aha moments or for us we do it all the time because it's 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 our job and we have to but i Mm -hmm. think it is one, I always uh, sometimes I forget that that aha moment had to happen for me. But two, I get to do mm-hmm. that with someone is just such a cool like moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, one of the things I kind of want to dive into as well is that Jim and then Tristan as well. Why do you feel it's so important to have programs like Story for All in the animation community? Well, the, the strictly commercialist answer, I'm going to give like the capitalist answer <laughs> is... When you have the same people telling the same stories, the same stories get boring, man. Like, mm-hmm. and from a strictly capitalist standpoint, uh, like, and I'm just going to be like Mr. Businessman, like you need new voices and you need new point of view, new points of view in order to make entertainment because entertainment is about surprise. Entertainment is about the new entertainment is about combining things that you didn't see being combined and like, oh man, this is an incredible story. And I didn't see it from the, from this standpoint. Mm-hmm. And the industry needs that. The industry needs new, new voices. Again, from a strictly capitalist standpoint, it needs, you know, new, mm-hmm. new people to come in and have that fire. Yeah. But I think, I mean, so that's, that's why I think companies should be doing more of that, but it's also just important to do good stuff. In the world, you know, leave the world just slightly mm-hmm. better than how you how you found it. And mm-hmm. more than just the animation industry, that's kind of the world. So, you know, help out a little bit, create create a space for people that haven't had that opportunity to to step up and be and be awesome and then get the heck out of their way and watch them shine and watch them like direct a movie and tell their story. And, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. set up the next generation for success as much as possible. Yeah. Love that. I think for me, and I talk to my room, roommate about this all the time. Well, I mean, we we both dreamed of as kids. We both dreamed of seeing. We're both Filipinos, uh, me and my roommate, and we're both in animation. And we both mm-hmm. dreamed of seeing a Filipino cartoon that's like watched and beloved. And mm-hmm. and I think that drives me to kind of elevate not just Filipinos but everyone else because I mm-hmm. um, that would have just made immigrant nine-year-old Tristan being like oh my gosh like that kid that nine-year-old or that cartoon kid like understands what it means to emigrate or that cartoon kid understand what it means when Lola has her chinelas up and she's like waving <laughs> in and or just little little interpersonal moments like that that I think is really cool to see on the screen I think mm-hmm. 
I would love to kind of be the spark. I don't need to be the one to vanguard and be one of the firsts. Mm -hmm. I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. I I I care more about actually sparking the next big fire of like great stories from diverse Mm -hmm. backgrounds. And then so I mm-hmm. think being part of this program and um, would l- I would love to see more programs like this because I think it is we're just in a really, really fascinating time in Hollywood and media. Like that's mm-hmm. this is the time to spark things so that maybe in 10, 15, 20 years, it is going to be different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just get really excited about the time right now and because it is a time of change. and. Mm-hmm. Things like this needs to start up, pick up, and keep going so that the future storytellers, um, including myself and Jim, um, but that the landscape of storytelling and animation just continues to get elevated. And so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one quick thing I just want to say is that, yeah, if you want to watch a Filipino series that was made by Filipino creator Jelly Ben and Pogo on PBS is a cute I series. I love <laughs> I love the character designs and honestly, like seeing the character designs of that and the little, the props, the prop designs and it, it uh, and the stories, it is something that would have made little Tristan so happy. And I want to mm-hmm. continue to make more of that. That's great. So it's so sweet. I know yeah. Ray brings it. I worked on Jelly Bunny Poco. I was an animator, but yeah, the, the design of the creator, Jalisa Leva, like incredible, like the whole way through, like she, uh, she's also Filipino. So she like really put a lot into it. And it's like, wow, imagine having something created by a voice uh, <laughs> from that community that had something to say, like it, there was like a lot of authenticity. Mm-hmm. It, it was really great to work on. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the other things I kind of also want to ask is that do you hope that story for all will inspire other similar mentorship programs intended to help the BIPOC community of artists for other animation disciplines like Vista for all animation for all mm-hmm. modeling for all like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hope so man I hope so I hope it, in, it inspires and we've you know we've gotten inquiries about uh, whether we're going to expand into VizDev or into character design or that kind of thing mm-hmm. and I'm like oh, I don't know maybe if somebody wants to <laughs> wants to volunteer and help out, but I hope it I hope it does inspire mm-hmm. new new programs like that. I hope it does inspire, even mm-hmm. if it's just inspiring somebody to not even inside the capacity of a, or not even inside the structure of a of an organization. Be like just working with a mentor, you know, or just we're just taking on a mentee and mentoring menteeing them in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, and I think our the cool thing about our program it is very transferable. Like if you're a character designer, you're listening to this, you're in the industry. And if you were like, hey, how do you do this? Talk to us because then we could kind of equip you to do your own thing because it shouldn't just be for a story. But I think people could look at what we're doing and replicate Mm -hmm. it. And that Mm -hmm. is the beauty of it because it is very mentor based. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Again, what we do is very simple. And if we can offer like, Here's what we or here's what we did in our small, even when we were just starting. Here's what we did. Uh, if that's something that that is interesting to you, that I guess that also help. Yeah. Be that spark and take a little bit of the pressure of like, oh, what do I do? Uh, like, no, man, it wasn't 
we did it. We did it. We did it at the beginning and it was not at high pressure. And yeah, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. something that I, I have noticed, <laughs> just artists <laughs> in general aren't the most um, organized. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we need the production team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so having a simple structure, like uh, honestly, our structure is so simple. But it is it is what is helpful for everyone to be like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll jump on that train. Mm-hmm. And then so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the fact that you guys have such a good structure, like it, it is simple, but you have a good structure in that, like you, you know, have an extended period of time where you're like, OK, these are the requirements of the mentorship. But also we help you if you need to, like at that six month mark, you know, if you got other stuff going on, we'll help you finish off with your mentee, because I know that can be hard after you like develop such like a connection with somebody mm-hmm. like absolutely no hard feelings but it's like professionally like sometimes you just gotta uh, having those resources as like storyboard artists or story artists yourselves and also like past mentors yourselves giving mm-hmm. like help for the mentors too. like oh you know how do you start this thing or how do you uh you know do that i think that's like it's a lot that you guys are doing uh it's really incredible but yeah for sure taking that first step for like other disciplines would be harder because like then mm-hmm. they'll have to figure it out oh how how does this work and from a biz dev standpoint how does this work from an animation standpoint but i hope somebody does pick it up that sounds awesome me too and mm-hmm. it's i mean it's it's biased towards story just because that was my background you yeah know, like, yeah i know course. a bunch of yeah. like story artists um but if yeah if, if anybody else is out there listening to this and is interested in doing this like hit me and tristan up we can just tell you what the process was that we started uh and then what we started mm-hmm. using and you can see uh, what has been successful for us and what's taken off and what we've needed to course correct on. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. And that kind of segues into the next thing. Is there any plans to expand story for all, whether it is expanding into other disciplines or just beyond the one-on-one mentorships, like workshops, panels, like, is there anything in the works or is that all secretive right now? I just curious seeing where you see story for all going. I don't know. You got a vision, Tristan, for what, what we're going to do in 20 years? The 20 year plan. <laughs> it's yeah. back. We're kind of taking it year by year. I think there is a reality to being such a small program where I think we could flex through as, as it evolves. And, you know, maybe we have less mentees. We have more mentees, more mentors. It, it, it kind of, we flex accordingly. And so versus it being a bigger um, mentorship program, like my my roommate um, was one of the founders for Rise Up Animation, and we mm. talk a lot about the constraints that you kind of get when you get so big that there's so many there's so many things that needs to be done. And I think I truly really enjoy being on a small team and be like, all right, what what will next year look like? What do we feel like adding? What do we feel like taking out of it and uh, mm-hmm. tweaking the the experience of the mentors and mentees? And so. I, I don't know how to answer that, but I think currently just our capacity somewhat dictates what we're able to do, but also gives us the freedom to flex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I would, as far as expansion plans, what I would really love is to, for, you know, companies that are out there that are doing like uh, Toon Boom or Adobe or uh, Wacom, or what are those companies to offer us some to offer some some resources some offer like here are a couple of software licenses mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. for your mentees or here you know here's a, a year free a of zoom price yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and i think 
that's the only thing that would really that would really help us do better work because then we can be like offering you know offering software licenses to, to mentees if they can't afford it yeah because like yeah. again because so, um, sometimes like there is a student discount but you need like a specific student email but if the individual can't afford to go to school and like participating in story for all is like one of the ways they can you know learn the craft being able to like hand out like a specific like here's a story for all discount it'll give you the student rate for like a year and stuff or for mm-hmm. whatever length it needs to be like yeah that would be awesome yeah yeah and as, as far as like expanding personnel like you know when tristan when tristan said like yeah i'm interested in in being a more fundamental part of the program and getting into the rhythm and doing the you know some of the work inside like that was huge that was huge because suddenly like we can expand a little bit more and so as far as like as far as the future we don't know because it's it's driven by people helping to step up even more inside the program and saying like yeah i want to do i want to do this for a little bit longer i want to commit to this thing or i want to commit to that thing Mm -hmm. doing it organically in that way is i think for us the best way to quote unquote expand to you know just just keep this snowball rolling organically and then see where it goes mm-hmm. i guess as we're starting to wrap up before we get into our final question what is something that story for all has accomplished that you both are really proud of what is the one thing that we've accomplished just the fact that we've been running for four years now yeah like that's huge mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah huge. yeah but also that we've seen mentees get hired. And that's such a, mm-hmm. a easy, that's such like an easily identifiable metric of the success of the program is that we've seen, we've seen mentees get hired and we've seen mentees, you know, get hired at Bento Box or, you know, at Nickelodeon or Disney or, or all over the place. But more, and this is going to be a, a cheesy answer, but the real, the real thing I'm proud of every time a, ment- a mentor says i had a blast this was really fun Mm -hmm. i thank you and anytime a mentee says that same thing like this was a blast i learned a lot i built this great relationship and it gave me a little bit of hope that there is a place in the industry for me or a place in animation Mm -hmm. for me or a place in comics or a place as a storyteller that Mm -hmm. is the real metrics of success to me Mm -hmm. and somebody saying like this was great it gave me a little bit of it gave me a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, I think to write off of that, I think I've had quite a few interactions with mentors. Someone said that I felt like their idea of the future of animation got reignited um, just to see the future of animation. That was really cool for me to hear from them because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know where they were at in regards to their own journey in animation, but I think it was just so helpful for them to see the future and to have such a a personal interaction with the future of story is, is so cool. Mm. And then, Mm -hmm. so I think for us to even um, rekindle that for people who have been working and maybe are a little tired of, of where things are right now, I think hope is just one of those things that some often we're looking for and we don't know where to find it. And I feel like to offer that or to platform that is, mm-hmm. is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. It's, it's been such a great time talking to uh, both of you, but before we kind of wrap up here, where can our audience find YouTube? And is there anything else you want to plug? 
You can find me on Instagram. I'm basically just on Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter or anything. I do have handles. But um, <laughs> at O Tristan, O-H-T-R-I-S-T-A-N on Instagram is where you could find me. Feel free to interact with me. I love interacting with people trying to break in or just want to talk about story and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so mm-hmm. I'm not scary, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm at Jim Mortensen on Twitter and Instagram and just about everywhere. If you want to reach out, you know, jimmortensen.net has my contact info. But story, uh, just storyforall.net is where we have it's I mean, again, we talk about kind of a DIY spirit, like not a lot of resources, just passion. It's a domain storyforall.net that just points to a Google Doc that has all the (laughs) information. Um, So if you're reading this and go there and you see that it's world editable please don't edit it i thought i locked it down okay <laughs> but yeah just storyforall.net has uh has information about uh, applying has information about being a mentor has a little sales pitch has a little thing of like well yeah i i'm interested in mentoring but what the heck do i get out of it as a mentor you know we have the capitalist answer and then we have the heart answer too mm-hmm. so yeah just storyforall.net awesome Awesome. Please, people, follow them on social media. Please sign up to be a mentee. Please consider being a mentor if you're in a position to teach someone and you feel like you have the experience to pass on the knowledge and pay it forward to someone who just wants to learn. And as we come to a close, is there any final advice that either of you want to bestow for those that want to pursue a career in animation? Uh, Tristan, would you mind going first? Yeah. Keep telling stories. I mean, that at the end of the day, I think that's what drove me to keep going is I thought of the stories that I would love to see on TV. And I tried to keep writing, uh, keep writing those. And so keep writing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really hard. There are going to be days when it's really down and you don't know if you can do this, but just put a little post-it note that says you have the space. There's space for you to tell your story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would say just keep at it. Just keep at it. Like life is very short and it's very hard, um, but we do need to do the things that feed our soul. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're doing something else that's not artistic related, but you have that fire in within you, five minutes a day, ten minutes a day, do a couple of drawings, mm-hmm. write a couple of lines, you know, do a poem or something. Like keep at it. Keep your even if it's even if it's very short periods of time. You know, if you're tired. You gotta, you gotta feed your soul in the way that makes you happy, and you gotta keep that fire going in yourself. And mm-hmm. I would say, surround yourself with people that feel the same with your people, with your creative people, with people that want to tell those same stories, and just keep that fire burning, man. Wonderful mm-hmm. pieces of advice. Yeah, beautiful. So much advice in this uh, episode. But thanks again for joining us today. And if you audience enjoyed our interview with Story for All. Please rate and follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Leave us a review because that really boosts us in the algorithm. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. Uh, we have a Kofi now, ko-fi slash StraightAheadAP. If you guys like what we do here and want to support the podcast, please give us a donation. We pay out of pocket for everything, so it really helps us. I feel um, that. Mm. If you have any <laughs> suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. Special thanks to our editor, Ashley Itliong. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. 
Thanks again for tuning in and thank you once again to this amazing organization that has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks Bye. for having us. Bye.